Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your sometimes twice weekly podcast that is sometimes about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, coming to you from the echoey, half-empty, halfway-there moving studios in Kenmore, New York, maybe for the last time. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the 1988 Subaru from a guy named Dan Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. And at the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch, in the ranch, at the ranch, in Manchac, Texas, it's Mike Gel Dude. We'll go classic for Zell. Good morning, Mike. Ah, uh, bon matin, Monsieur Bobby. Ah, that's unexpected. <laughs> so fancy. Yeah, I don't know if I can keep up with that. We're going to do a little LRB business, followed by some sort of something that sounds like a review of the last couple of weeks of TBTL Car Talk, some housekeeping, and how you can get involved with the show. And since the guys half-assed the last two weeks of shows, we're probably going to half-ass this as well. Happy summer, guys. (laughs) Yay. First, some LRB business. Uh, Starting with this, I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks and weeks, but I haven't been able to because I didn't want to jinx it. Uh, but since the last time we spoke, Samantha and I bought a house. This is where I'll insert the fanfare. Uh, da-da-da! All right, now I don't have to. Thank you. Keeping the edit you can really just light. multiply those and layer them <laughs> so that it sounds like 20 people cheering for you. I'm going to just go <laughs> full, full <laughs> Skrillex <laughs> on it. <laughs> uh, though Sam and I have gratefully... Uh, been grateful for and enjoyed our inexpensive one-bedroom apartment north of Buffalo for the last several months. Uh, we have purchased a, not condo, but it looks like a condo, a townhome in Buffalo in the historic Allentown district. Uh, and it is adorable and huge and way more money than we should ever spend on a home, but we really, really like it. And uh, we're very much looking forward to it. So we're suddenly running out of furniture here. My desk is in a big empty room. So again, sorry for the echoes. We closed just a couple of days ago and we're moving as quickly as we can because we'd really like to not be here when we can be there. It's a really beautiful house. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have um, seen the pictures. Yes. And I, I will say I, I also have done a move from a, a very small little bungalow to a very large house. And what happens is you accumulate stuff to fill your space. So yep. <laughs> be careful about that because you're just going to want to fill it and then you'll be like, well, what do I do with all this crap? So it's, it's, a, it's a danger when expanding. Yeah, I'm excited to have what will be my own studio and office room instead of what is currently the corner of the dining room with a desk in it. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. really exciting. Um, and it's walking distance to things. If anyone comes to Buffalo, let me know. I'm a block away from the best chicken wings in Buffalo now. Um, just Gabriel's Gate. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, and I'm sure you'll all figure out exactly where I live soon enough. I'm not going to tell you the address, but it is <laughs> over an architected next to a nail salon. Good. How is I, All I really want to know, though, is how Cupcake is... Uh, what her situation is. I'm sure she's still at the apartment, right? She's still at the apartment. She's here somewhere, I think probably um, stretched out on an ottoman laying in the fan breeze, which has been her move for the last month or so. Uh, she will be going, and she'll be going from this flat apartment to uh, this unit, which has two sets of stairs and also a third if we let her go up into the finished attic space. So she's going to have all sorts of roaming room. 
The new place also has shag carpet in a lot of places, which is one thing. It actually looks really good for what it is. I would never have picked it, but it's not bad. The main floor is mostly hardwoods, but then the second floor is carpeted and the stairs are carpeted and the office is carpeted. So she's going to have a lot more carpeting to destroy than she's had lately. Well, the, the amazing things about cats is they can be in a fully hardwood floor place and then as soon as they need to throw up or have a hairball they will run to the nearest rug or carpet so you know that shag carpet is not going to last you very long yeah dogs do that with their yeah. with their indoor pooping too and their peeing when they <laughs> when they decide they're going to have an accident like abby does when it's really cold outside she hasn't done it at this new house but when i go to let them outside when it's really cold ginger just trots and goes and then and then i turn around and abby's gone and she's gone to the front rug yep. you know well, it's comfort. softer. It's more comfortable. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. It's also 70 degrees. <laughs> the, uh, the only rug that we've had in the apartment, and it did already make the trip to the new house, is this uh, rug that has a Velcro top layer, or, or probably hook and loop technology. I doubt they paid for the trademark. But uh, the top peels off and can go in the washing machine. And we bought that specifically so that it could be the, the cat mess mm-hmm. Carpet. The puke zone. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm hoping that she likes puking on that enough, as she's proven through the years, that she'll still default <laughs> to that rock. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll have a basement uh, garden view studio office with windows. And so that'll be, I'll be, I'll be podcasting from a basement, just like every other white guy in his 30s. I'm looking forward to that. How, are, how many Goo Goo Dolls did the previous owner leave behind <laughs> that, you, that you're going to have to take to Goodwill? Well, I haven't I haven't gone through the walls yet, so we haven't found any yet. But now that you mention it, I guess it's worth mentioning that we're buying this condo from the bassist of the Goo Goo Dolls, Robbie Takak. So Sam has spent the last day sterilizing the walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stereotype. You every need to time get a blue a black light in there. <laughs> every time I go over to there with a load of stuff, she's. She's wiping down the walls, and I walked in after the first load of stuff, because it's only a few miles from here, so I've been making trips with, with Sam's car. And she just goes, don't worry, I've already wiped down all the switches. <laughs> Did the water beds convey in the sale? <laughs> Thankfully, no. Uh, there is a Whirlpool tub in the master, in the master bath. Ooh. And we're trying to figure out the best way to sterilize the hell out of it. I was so about to say, a, you're going to have to disinfect that before just you Just a bucket of bleach. I think I'm just going to set it and forget it for like an hour mm-hmm. and just let it cycle through and then drain it and just not look. Clean those uh, jets, man. Yeah, those exactly. are the grossest part. <laughs> Good tip. Never know what's stuck in it. So that's the plan. Come on out to Buffalo and I'll show you. Uh, we're moving. It's this cute little lane that's designed to look like an English Tudor style lane. And we are, I thought we were the youngest people moving in, but there is one other young person right across the street from us. So we are at the the leading edge of of flipping this this lane full of old people. Youngification. Yeah. Good. Good. That's, that's the latest here. Uh, Mike, you've got uh, some LRB business about Abby on the run sheet yeah yeah the poor little thing um i mean we've all seen her in the pictures she's very charming uh she's she's full of personality she's been like a puppy ever since we got her she just runs from station to station um she's very self-interested like a dachshund is but um she's really enjoyed her time here 
at the ranch. And one of the things she really loves to do and has been able to do a lot more of lately because we were seemingly infested with deer, including sets of fawns um, that are always around the house in front and in back. And Abby loves to chase them, just just loves to make them miserable. So she runs out of steam pretty fast because she's, she's a little butterball. And, uh, you know, being a dachshund, they're prone to back problems because they're get along little doggy, you know. And uh, last time I took her to the vet, she was heavier than ever. And um, finally, you know, we'd been following their advice all along on how much to feed her, what to feed her. And it just wasn't working. She finds food, especially like outside when she's not chasing deer. She's like digging grubs out of the ground. And I mean, she's just she's disgusting little little girl who who's always hungry <laughs> so so um you know, we've been sticking to a really really restrictive diet inside um you know she still does her her stuff outside so it was friday morning i think either thursday or friday morning i can't remember but it was pre-dawn they uh emily gets up at five and feeds them and lets them out and gives them their raw hides and stuff and so they they're out for their they're going out for the first time in the morning and there are deer in the yard and and Abby is just losing her mind. She's squealing and it it sounds like someone is torturing her. And and Meredith, I know you probably experienced this is like sometimes when the dog gets so excited about wanting to go kill something or um or catch it, it sounds like someone's hurting them. Oh yeah. You know? It's like a squeal. Yeah, and I was really concerned. I woke up, you know, it was, like I said, pre-dawn, probably 6, 6.15 at the latest. And I heard her squealing, and I, and I was like, oh, no, I hope she's okay. But then I thought, oh, she's just ch- chasing, a, chasing a deer. She got excited. So I eventually get out of bed, and I and I take my shower, and I go out, and it's like 7 or so. And, and uh, Emily's on the couch. Ginger's on the floor next to her. And... And Abby is sitting, she is standing with two feet in the living room and and her back feet on one of the two steps that goes up to the kitchen and just standing there looking at me. It's a real, it was a really strange sight. And she stayed there for a while and I asked her, what are you doing? What's going on? And eventually she very gingerly, um, stepped all the way into the living room and then went over to the couch where she usually just jumps up and and rest with with uh Emily for what we call second resting, you know. Um <laughs> and she she won't do it and I say, Emily, she's having trouble. You know? And then Emily goes, Oh God, yeah, she is and, and she um Abby goes and lies down on the floor next to the couch to rest and that's just not like her. She doesn't deny herself comfort if comfort is available in the form of cushions and blankets and stuff. So, oh, we, we lift her onto the couch and, you know, she, she goes, goes to sleep and we call the vet and we get in and, uh, I stay home with Ginger cause Ginger would freak out if we all left without her. She would come back and the house would probably be destroyed. So I stay home with Ginger and, uh, Emily gets back and says it, it is her back. There's a problem. And here's where it is, and she shows me where it is. And you know, she got some anti-inflammatory, and she got some uh, a, a nerve, um, the same same nerve thing that I take. It's called gabapentin. It eases nerve pain. 
and the good news is she's doing better. She occasionally needs a little help getting up on the bed or on the couch, but uh, Cullen came over immediately before Abby came home, put the ramps back in mm. so that she doesn't have to go up and down all the steps all the time. So those ramps are really coming in handy, like when right. I have to take my leg yeah. into the shop and, right. and, when, and when Abby hurts her back. So she's doing much better. She's she's starting to trot from station to station, which is good, you know. But she's always been like a like a little kid, you know, like it's recess time, tears over there. It's snack time, tears over there. It was it was really you know it made me tear up when, you know, there I'd be opening a can of cat food and she would just slowly be walking over. Oh mm-hmm. no, in her yeah. mind she wants to fly over here steal it out of my hands with her <laughs> jaws and and go hide with it you know but uh so everything's everything's okay i'll give an update um next week if i'm on uh make sure she's 100 percent better but the the really good news was when emily took her to the vet um in the six weeks since i took her for her physical her annual she's lost three pounds so wow. yay on mm. that. So we're at least we're going to make progress. So maybe she won't hurt herself again. How old is Abby? Uh, I'd say she's about six now. Okay. She's still young. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a middle-aged lady. I, think I wonder if this like is like seven yeah. or eight. If this is a long dog problem. Yeah. So yeah. yeah Cause the vet told us that if Eddie got fat, he could have back problems too. Cause he's not yeah. a doc. Who knows what he is. Um, aside from that weird DNA test, but like, she said long back dogs often will have problems if they are too heavy in the middle, mm-hmm, which makes mm-hmm. sense, I guess. So maybe that weight loss will, will do her some good. Yeah, yeah, we got to keep that up. She, prob- she probably should lose another 10 pounds at least. Well, I don't know, shouldn't. man. She's a spry. I am impressed with her because she was like, <laughs> when we brought Eddie over and she's tearing around in the yard, like no problem at all. She didn't seem hindered by her weight one bit. Oh, no, not as a young girl, but but I want her to to be around for a long time mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we want to keep her get her slimmer down cupcakes. no more grubs abby cupcakes walking around <laughs> i think she's she's hearing diet talk she's not having it <laughs> well you're going to be climbing up some stairs pretty soon cupcake so yeah she 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 bounces up and down like oprah like she really swings the ends of the weight spectrum for mm-hmm. her size mm. and age uh, she's gained a couple of pounds recently, but like, yeah, I think we're not worried about it because of the stairs. That's what Stevie used to do. He would, he had all this extra skin when he was a kitten and I was like, Oh no, this is going to fill up. And it did. <laughs> um, but then it was pretty easy for him to lose weight and it's not healthy for cats to lose weight quickly, um, or gain weight click- quickly, but it never seemed to do anything to him. And he would just fluctuate wildly yeah. with his weight. But if they're getting married, it's, you can do it that one time, you know, that's right. Just to look good in your <laughs> Just for the pictures. Right, right. Well, she's got new neighbors to impress. There's a dog next door. There's a cat across the way. So she's going to have window eye candy. She's going to want to look her best. I'm glad to hear about Abby, though, that it's not too bad, all things considered. Also, it's cute that you're on the same drugs. (laughs) Yeah, You can share. (laughs) Right. Oh, you need some more of this gabapentin? Here you go. Here you go, darling. I maybe, maybe, maybe took one of Molly's Xanax once when I had to get an MRI. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same dose. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
what's the other one? I, there, yeah, there was one that they used to give Jack that was, it's exactly the same as some pain medication that I had. And there's a lot of, a lot of crossover. What's surprising is they get like the same dose that you get. I'm like, this guy's 70 pounds. Right. Should yeah. He, Molly and I had the same Should he be Xanax getting dose. as much as, as yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, they metabolize stuff differently. The fuck but out. like Molly, Molly could take four Benadryl and just be a little drowsy. If I took four Benadryl, mm-hmm. I'd be asleep for three days. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs> I am 90% sure I don't want anything Cupcake gets. Those eardrops stink. Uh, <laughs> Her food doesn't smell great. No, and especially now that she's on the kidney. She's on kidney food. Mm-hmm. She goes through waves of liking that, not liking it, which has a lot to do with the weight swings, I think. Uh, thankfully, right now she's in a in a super hungry phase of eating all the kidney food we give her. Jack rejected that kidney food. We you, we would feed it to him, and 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 he would somehow filter all of the stuff out of his mouth back into the bowl that he didn't want. You know, that's what Wonky does. I, Wonky's getting a little chunky, and my vet wants her to be a bit overweight because she's twelve, and you know, it's it keeps them hardier for longer that way. And mm-hmm. so she's like, I don't want her to be skinny, but she, you know, could hurt her legs if she's too big. So I just started her on low calorie food and she hates it and she likes her dry food. It's prescription dry food and she really likes it. And so she'll eat all of that and just sort of like eat enough of the low cal wet food to like appease me. So I don't keep putting her back over by the bowl and then (laughs) she'll let Link finish the rest of it. (laughs) Link's helpful. He really is. He's the cleaner. I'm not planning on living old enough, long enough for this to be an issue, but it would be nice to, live to an age where people want me to weigh more. <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, um, for the sake of this being a recap edition of the show, talk about the last couple of weeks of TBTL. However, none of us took notes, right? Correct. Not a so, one. It's summer vacation. Uh, so let's really just um, phone this in with the same level of effort as Luke and Andrew and friends put into the last two weeks of the show. I've got the descriptions up on tbtl.net. I thought I would just read them and then you guys could give me any hot takes you've got and just shower me in hot takes from the last two weeks. Absolutely. I have a hot one right off the bat, but go ahead and read read the description. All right, 2689. This is the Monday of the first two weeks of the two weeks of car talk. Should have crimped it, bro. Luke, Andrew, and Camaro Kev gather on the rooftop of Walsh, Walsh, and Dormat to kick off TBTL's summer car spectacular, parenthetically official name still pending. They discuss Luke's first car, a 1980 Honda Civic. They also discuss DIY, car stereo repair, REM, and Discman buffering. Hot take, hot take. Insert the flame sound effect here. Fire it all. Could we, as a society, learn how to spell Camaro? It's not Camaro <laughs> or Camaro, Kev. It's Camaro, Kev. Camaro. It does say Camaro in here. C-A-M-E-R-O. It does, and it says, and then they correct it on Tuesday, Camaro, and then on Wednesday, look, Camaro, Kev appears oh, again. Boy. Are these two different people? And what is a Camaro? Or a Camaro. It's not a thing. A, the car is a Camaro. <laughs> Camaro with an A. The sound is right there. All you have to do is spell the sound. Camaro, Kev. Spelling hot take from Mike. Yeah. Okay. Or it could be Camaro, Cav. K-A-V. 
Oh, if you yeah. want to throw another person in there. <laughs> Whoever that is. Son okay, of my English blood's teacher. boiling a little bit. I didn't even to think this sure. was going to happen today, but then when I looked at the description, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I remember what made me really mad two weeks ago. Uh, my only note from Monday is that we had talked about maybe telling our own car stories, and some of us might if we find a good place to put them, but as I reminded us before we started rolling, um, something that happens to you is not necessarily a story. It's just something that happens to you. <laughs> and so rather than recount in detail things that I've said on this show before, I will just remind everyone that in my old Pontiac, when I was a freshman in college, I used to have to put a stereo, like a CD stereo on the back seat, strapped in with the seatbelt on a pillow so it wouldn't skip because the stereo died in that car. So when we talk about Discman buffering, that's my... That's mm-hmm. my freshman year. Whatever CD I could reach into the backseat and put in is what I was listening to for the next 40 to 50 minutes. That's pretty sweet. I think I did that for, I had to do that for a little while. And what stopped it is that I think mine was battery powered and it took like eight D batteries or something. Yep. It was just an mm-hmm. unsustainable <laughs> amount of batteries and it, they oh, would last yeah. like, you know, four hours and then I'd have to change them all. Oh yeah. I would have to stop and buy batteries on my way out of town if I right. was traveling. <laughs> You'd hear that the, the it start to slow down, you know. Yeah. God damn it! There's seven dollars. Another seven dollars <laughs> I have to spend. God damn it! If I had saved all those seven dollars at a time, I probably could have just bought a new stereo for the Pontiac. But right. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, twenty six ninety. Clever with a caravan. It's day two of the TBTL Summer Show Special Cars Three Life is a Highway Edition. Official name still pending. Luke, Andrew, and Camaro Kev talk about Andrew's first car. A 1986 Dodge Caravan with wooden sides and a removable, quote, couch. Gross. Hey, hey, buddy, I need you to come over and help me move this couch into my house. Let me get it out of my car. What? Was this the episode where the show picture is the Janine Garofalo poster, which he I found? Think so, yeah. Oh, no, this is an actual picture of the caravan. But at some point in this run, it's bigger than I thought it would be which is probably something no one ever said in Andrew's dorm room. But Oh, that is so mean. Sorry. Not really. Uh, yeah, the couch, the ketchup story, I think, came up in this episode. And uh, well, oh, I think the dazzling detail here was that they threw it out, but then somebody else garbage picked it and used it for a year. Mm-hmm. Those weren't that comfortable. Why are people using these as couches? Uh, a question for the ages, but let's yeah. move on to 2691 Muscle Car Memory. TVTL's 2018 Summer Cartacular rolls on, official name still pending. Camaro Kev joins the show to talk about the car that he is named after, a 1985 Z28 that you sometimes had to start with a stick. I have a somewhat related story. I used to have a dirtbag friend when I was in high school who had an old, old, old diesel Mercedes. And this guy was probably messing with me and probably just wanted me to to see me do this but he told me that you had to suck on a tube to get this car to stop and i mean a plastic tube that came out of the middle of the car what yeah have you ever researched this no i probably should maybe i i might have been sexually harassed i'm not sure maybe i shouldn't yeah (laughs) maybe someone else should i know ann usually is the research person and always puts herself in places that uh I mean, I, I don't know how to research that. I guess I'd have to turn on incognito mode. <laughs> definitely. That's <laughs> definitely the first step. 
suck two oh. Mercedes? No. I don't know. <laughs> there are too just, many there are too many strippers and porn stars named Mercedes to make this safe. Oh, that's true. Yep. That's yep. true. Um put on the filters. You'd be the first person to go go incognito and then put on put on the anti-porn filters. Right. I don't right. think that that's ever <laughs> happened before. Safe search on on on, please. <laughs> so, uh my my brother, I I've, I've talked about this I think before, but my my brother was a uh Camaro Z28 owner and by the time uh, I was getting out of prison in, in 1998, he uh he had moved on to another car, but he still had the Z28 and he gave it to me so that I could have a car. And it uh it overheated. Um so it but it only overheated when you when the car was not um was not moving. So I had to turn off the car at intersections. I didn't have any money to get this car fixed. So that was my method of dealing with it is when I came to stop, just turn off the car and then when the light turned green, turn the car on again and and drive. Um and I used that car for about 6 months before um before I was able to get my own uh new newer transportation so uh i briefly did drive a camaro and i tried to hide it from my coworkers, and um i thought i had successfully done that but uh i I'd, after i'd been working there like nine ten years um my boss who used to work on the red robin side of the company who i just knew through like company manager retreats and things like that um just he 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 just casually said to me, "Hey, whatever happened to that Camaro you used to have?" I was like, "Damn it! I thought I I didn't never want to be that guy, you know, the Camaro guy." But uh, yeah, I had a leaky T-top Camaro for six months that that um, that overheated at, at intersections. But thank you, Mark. Though it's it saved me a lot of hassle, a lot of bus rides. Thank you. So you really are Camaro Mike. Yeah. Camaro. Camaro? Camaro. Camaro Meek. On to 2692. This is the first week Thursday. Is it Zoombody? Zoombody? Zoombody loves you. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's day four of the TBTL Summer Cartacular. Parenthetically, looks like we might be sticking with that name for a while. Luke tells Andrew and Camaro Kev about his questionable 1981 Cressida station wagon and the sketchy circumstances that brought it into his life. Was this the wrestler guy from from Utah, Weber State? Yes, I think that sounds familiar. And I tried to stalk him. I think I found he's still in the Seattle area, I think. Now. And he's still probably 5'6 and said right. he was too tall for the vehicle if anyone <laughs> if anyone wanted to track him down and seek vengeance for luke we could probably find him i guess the station wagon makes this um, as good a place as any to drop in my story about my 1998 subaru wagon which was my first car um it uh it was a piece of garbage from the get-go and i bought it in 1996 so it wasn't even that old but it had gone through, I think, three college students already. So it was absolutely just beat to pieces. And 
in the 80s, Subaru was using Japanese steel, and it was absolute garbage. And in Michigan winters, you know, that stuff isn't going to hold up. So this car was theoretically red, um, but it was actually, uh, like, made of lace rust, basically. The bottom <laughs> of the car was see-through because it was so rusty. <laughs> um, but it was such a... It Flintstone was, it was mobile? Just very much so. Throw your feet yep. down there and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, but... You know, it was my first car. I was so excited about it. I was so excited to have some freedom. And I had been working for a little while, and I saved up some money, but I didn't have this kind of money. This car was $800. Um, so my, I bought it from my dad's friend, Dan, uh, who lived in Kalamazoo. And so he kindly drove this thing an hour from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids, let me pay him $400, and then $100 a month for four months to pay off this oh, car. Oh, wow. I know. It's really nice. It's only because he was my dad's really good friend. Um, and I was so happy with this car. Like it ran, it was fine. Um, but it looked like crap and people would often wonder if it was going to rattle apart, you know, on the, on the drive home (laughs) from school, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, no, but if I take it out on the freeway, parts will just start flying off. Well, I, I took it to Detroit a couple of times. I actually did that and it was it survived the trip. Like this car is a testament to Subaru's longevity and their their amazing quality because this thing was beat up by three college students previously and then a a teenager who didn't know first thing about cars. Um mm-hmm. so this car ran for two weeks one time without any oil because I got the oil changed and they didn't put the cap back on. And so it was just spraying all over the, the inside of the hood that whole time. It ran for two weeks before I realized that. Um, You're so lucky you didn't catch on fire. I know it's incredible. There was another point at which um, the temperature gauge started creeping up and up and up. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what that means. Oh, well drive, drive, drive. And I drove around for several weeks with no coolant in it. Until I realized that, oh, I should probably add some of that and some water. So then I had to drive around with a two liter of water in the car um, and constantly add it. So I didn't realize that was a bad thing for the car to get very, very, very hot. Uh, (laughs) Wow. And it it lasted way longer than it should have. It eventually just sort of like sputtered. I was driving. I don't remember where, but it was in a kind of a shady neighborhood. And it just kind of sputtered to the side of the road. And I think I was just like, I feel you, car. Like, it's it's over. I'm not Strip gonna... the plates, scratch off the VIN, and just walk I away. I sold it to the to the tow truck guy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, I have a first car story. It's not really about the car, uh, but but it it happened with my first car. And no, I'm my first sorry, car Mike. Was pretty... these, these episodes are strictly about car conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay, there was, a, there was a rattle, and it was sort of coming from the rear passenger. I just... Um, that's the stumper. Isn't that what they used to call it on that show? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my first car was a pretty cool car. I got it in, uh, well, here's the thing. My mom, um, thought she wanted a sports car while my parents were still married. So she got in 1976, she got a brand new, uh, Datsun 280Z and turned out she didn't like it. And then my parents got divorced. And it wasn't the kind of car that my dad would drive. My dad drove big sedans, usually company cars. <clears throat> so the Tweety Z didn't get much play. And my dad just, you know, he was a busy guy and he just didn't sell it. And I think he was like, I'll just, this will be your car when you're 16. He never said that, but the longer the car sat there, the more hopeful I was. And also when he was out of town, which he was often, 
I would drive the car illegally um, because my dad wasn't the kind of guy who checked mileage or anything on that. So, you know, I started driving when I was 14. I was living with my dad and just driving around illegally. So, so I had this car, uh, and then, yeah, when I did turn 16, I got my license, and I drove the car, and I went to went uh, my junior year to Interlake. I drove the car. It was awesome. And then my senior year when I transferred to Eastside Catholic, I got there late because um, it was just because they weren't on the Bellevue School District. They started, like, two weeks earlier than, than, uh, than, than Bellevue, than, than Interlake. So— uh, I missed picture day, so my I hadn't I didn't get my senior picture taken. So they said uh, when I was signing up for school, they said, "Okay, well you go go down to Yen Lui and get your picture taken for the yearbook." And I was like, "All right, I can do that." And and uh, so it was like Friday morning of my first week, and I'm I'm in the parking lot, and I got, it's like eleven o'clock, and lunch is just is just they're they're just letting out the classes for lunch, and. I've realized I'm parked in and I'm like, thanks. But I see an opening where I think I can get the car out, but it's a, it's a little bit of a slope, like a, you know, a cement berm kind of, but I, I don't, you know, I didn't know much about clearance or, or uh, physics or uh, even have much of an eye for uh, what might be a disaster. Uh Um. So I decided to uh, go for it, and I uh, drove up the embankment and then uh, high-centered the car. So, <laughs> so now I'm revving my I'm revving my engine, and and tr- tr- just trying to force my way through it. And I realize it's it's not working, and people are starting to look and point and laugh. And now the the cool new kid with the cool new car is is high-centered in the parking lot. <laughs> Um, does that mean i'm sorry i'm an idiot does that mean like the middle of the car is stuck and your wheels don't have anything to sit yes okay yes that's that is what's happening and uh eventually i don't even know i don't i I don't even know the name of the kid but somebody came over and they sort of you know said put it in reverse and and they leaned on the back of the car and I, i got the wheels you know back on the ground and and backed back down into the parking lot i'm sure i damaged the car pretty badly on the bottom but you know i'm a kid and so are you Meredith. you know you're like oh well yeah. it still drives mm-hmm. so I, I i backed back down into the parking lot and never got to yen louis and this is why my my picture uh while it while i do appear in the yearbook in a few places my my actual portrait is uh not in the senior yearbook <laughs> for Eastside <laughs> catholic high school because i high centered my car in the parking lot during my first week and uh, it was that was hard to come back from that. It's hard a good way to, to make back. a first impression. Yeah. How you doing, everyone? I'm that <laughs> idiot. Remember me? <laughs> yeah. And yet, this story ends up getting lost to time at your reunion, thanks to everything that's happened to you since. Oh, I know. I, I had to go out and do something even more spectacularly <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All right, to episode 2693, Grow Olds with me. I'm going to skip the intro sentences on these and just say the important part. Andrew, Luke, and Camaro Cab talk about Andrew's second car, a 1983 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, plus why Luke needs to be more careful at gas stations. Fuck. What's wrong with him? God. 
Nothing's changed. I mean, I'm glad Carrie doesn't allow his bullshit to happen. But what was really baffling here is that he said that he jams his keys into the into the into the um, handle to to hold it in place. And I've been to many gas stations in the state of Washington, and never has there not been a lock on the on the handle. You know, when I first moved to Texas, I thought the first time I went to a gas station, it was a different kind of lock. So I was like, oh, do they not do that here? That's going to suck. But it was just a different kind. I had just just yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think he's figured it out, right? It's, that has to be It wasn't the thing. that hard. No, it's not. It is not. Just yeah. you fumble your fingers around with it a little bit yeah. and it, it's eventually, oh yeah, there it is. Got it. Because <laughs> nobody wants to stand there like an asshole and no. pump their gas for five minutes or whatever uh, some here don't have it it's kind of hit and miss but i did just um i just googled really quickly and found a product called the gas clip you can keep with you <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow I, mean, I, I guess a you know a, a a binder clip would probably do it too if you get a good one mm-hmm. so you have like your your airplane seat lock in in one pocket, and you got your <laughs> gas cap. I mean, got to get a Scotty vest for all these devices that you're toting yeah. around. I I always just I don't know how hard is it to stay with your car when you're when you're gassing it up. It takes a f- couple of minutes. Yeah, it's not that bad. I guess it, you know, it's if you one, had a huge truck or something, and it was freezing. Well, I usually out. stand there anyway. But I put the lock on anyway, well, right. just because. Yeah. Who, <laughs> you don't want to, to hold it. I my move at the gas station is always to start it, make sure that it's not like dripping or anything, lock yeah. the thing, and then I empty out my car trash can. Um, yeah, and that's that good. Yeah. that works usually, and that gives me enough time to 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 fill up the tank where I don't have to stand there and hold on to the handle. Well, it see, it seems like all of the uh, diesel pumps here because I I usually um, gas up Emily's car, which is a diesel and. They take like three times longer. I don't know what it is about these things, but they take forever. So there's no way I'm standing there for that. My hand would cramp up. It's all the extra pollutants that they have to pump into your... Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't get back into the car ever because that's the dangerous thing, right? Yeah. Like building up all that static electricity you can actually cause a fire. So that's oh. always scared me to death. I I did. Luke's done it twice. I, I've done it once. I drove away with the thing. Really? Yeah, it was Ooh. a Shell station in Tuckwilla, Washington. I I I started pumping the gas, and I realized I was thirsty, so I went inside and got something. And then I came back out and just started the car and drove away. And and I didn't get all the way home like Andrew's mom. I didn't even get five <laughs> feet because. There's no mistaking what, yeah. what kind of a, what kind of oblivious person would not hear that it's a it's so loud and awful and the and um the guy didn't even come out. I went in there to and I said, "Yeah, I just I just pulled your pump out or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, no big deal. It happens all the time." <laughs> you know, and, and and I I'm glad Luke got um shook down. Yeah, uh, I think that was in L.A. and and the the people that own gas stations in L.A. or that run the gas stations, um, lot. This is one thing I don't like about L.A. is like gas stations are pretty horrible places in a lot 
you know, you, they don't let you use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You can't even go inside. It's filthy, you know, and, and then they're shaking you down when you make a mistake. Right. All right. That'll take us to week two, 2694. Any Jeff will do. Genevieve joins Luke, Andrew and Camaro Kev on the roof to talk about her first car and how she wrecked it while still buzzing from a hot game of win, lose, or draw. (laughs) Plus, should you really have to know how to parallel park in order to get a driver's license? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Luke has some thoughts. Of course he does. Parallel parking is a basic skill, even if you're not good at it, that it's a competency test for handling a vehicle, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just, yeah, you have to be able to parallel park. I had to do it to get my in my driver's test i had to do it a couple times i had to do it on the road test and then i had to do it um you know they they set up a parking lot with like obstacles and they tell you to park between these two things and that was fine i drove so before i had my my uh my subaru i drove my dad's car which was a 1981 impala station wagon so it you know was essentially like driving a yacht uh, it was huge. It weighed a million pounds. It had that wood paneling on the side. You know, it was that old station wagon that everybody had. And um, I learned to parallel park that car. So if, if I can parallel park that car, I can parallel park any car. And now I have a fancy backup camera. So it's really nothing. As soon as you learn the technique, I just, I don't think it's that complicated. Yeah, people have a phobia. You line up your car with the car in front of you and turn until you can't turn anymore. And then you turn the other way and then you're parked. The end. Luke also can't drive a yacht. So this makes sense. Well, that's true. That's very Ooh, true. Boy. Yeah. Define yacht as a 27 foot. <laughs> or a regular crash. boat or a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I failed my driver's test the first time I took it. And we were talking about this in the chat. Christy failed, I think, for the same reason on her first driver's test. And I think it might have been something that they were teaching in the Bellevue School District um uh, driver's ed classes because I did mine in in school and they they would tell you to do do a full head check both ways when you were going through um, intersections where you had the right of way and apparently the person that was giving the driver's test didn't agree with that because they they marked me and Christy off every time we did it as we drove through the neighborhoods and I missed by one point because I was making I was checking down each street as I was driving through the through the um, neighborhood. And uh, it was heartbreaking to lose because mm-hmm. of that, you know, because it wasn't a driving thing at all. It was just the person thought it was weird that I was doing all these head checks and that I, I wouldn't a, normally do. I had a similar thing that really irritated me. I didn't fail because of it, but I was chastised um, for turning right on a red light. Um mm-hmm. In, in in the classroom setting, they told us it was fine as long as we came to a complete stop and looked and blah, blah, blah. And so during one of my driver's tests, I did that and I got marked down for it. Yeah, and I was like, that. are you kidding me? And there was also a lack of communication between the, the written and the, and the driving test because they never, literally never once told us about what a first legal lane meant. And in my driver's test, they're like, first legal lane, first legal lane. I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means right now. What does that mean? <laughs> The the closest one too. You don't cross lanes when you're turning, right? Like turn oh. into the first lane, not don't cross that lane and yeah. get into the middle lane or the left lane sure. when you turn right. It's just the verbiage that throws yeah. you. Yeah, like, they what? might have told us about that, but I'd never heard that term, and it just kind of made me panic during my road test. And you know that instinctively, you know. I mean, no one's gonna, no one gets upset in real life when you do it when it's not a problem. Mm, but I do. Oh, when it's not a problem, no. But I think there's yeah. good reason for it. 
Um, especially when like the opposing lane is turning right and you're turning left, you shouldn't cross over lanes and stuff like that. Oh that no, 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 only which is completely safe to do so, and yeah, yeah. you need to get over or whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, on a test, you know not to do it unless someone's confusing you with some language. Yes. First legal lane, what? I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? Which one's I, illegal? Uh. I guess I feel special because I passed my driver's test on the first time, and it seems like nobody else did. But I, I passed. have. A, I have a couple Colin of. Colin did. The only notes I got were, uh, well, actually, now that I think about it, the panic that we had when I took my driver's test is that I took it in my mother's Dodge Shadow, I think, and the automatic ride. Oh God, the automatic um, cross belt on it was one of those electric ones, so you would sit in and the seatbelt would pull back Mm -hmm. on you, Mm -hmm. and it would stick and it wouldn't always work. And I almost didn't get to take my driver's test because the seatbelt would not work. And then we finally got it to work, and the driver's ed guy was not or not whatever, the test guy. I didn't take driver's ed. I just had my mother screaming at me for a couple of months while I was trying to drive before taking the test. I'm basically self-taught. It finally worked. And then, yeah, that was my other comment, is it was so quiet in the car when I took the test. It was weird not being yelled at constantly. The only thing I got marked off for is I sort of drove down the middle of the road at one point because there were no lines on it. I took my driver's test out in the country. Mm. The other plus was my parallel park. I only had to park behind one car because they couldn't find two cars close <laughs> enough together. Well, maybe you wouldn't hit that other car. We don't know, but we'll give you the benefit of the doubt since it's not there. You think the uh, the test guy would park on the street and just have a road cone ready, right, as a right. backup? But mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. I parallel park all the time now because I live in a city, so it doesn't bother me. But right. maybe maybe it was one of those Trump invisible cars that was behind there. <laughs> So I guess that means we're on to Tuesday, 26.95. A droll time should be had by all. Luke, Andrew, and Genevieve gather on the roof to discuss the strange things afoot at the Whole Foods. Oh, did I skip one? No, I didn't skip one. Sorry. They all run together. Uh, Strange things afoot at the Whole Foods down the street. Plus, how much is too much when it comes to chatting with grocery store cashiers? Genevieve has some strong opinions. It's, it's, is this when they were discussing the bear spray? I don't remember. Oh, that yeah. was that whole, that was Trader Joe's getting robbed. I think. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. It, that, yeah, it that, all blends together. That shit will fuck you up though. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about buying, I had thoughts about, about mace. Like sometimes I think I should have a can on me and other times I think, because I, I, you know, sometimes you, you feel a little like you want to defend yourself. I certainly don't want to have a gun because I would just shoot myself or somebody else would shoot me. Um, so I would mm-hmm. never do that. But Mace seems like an okay... How dare you cite the statistics on gun ownership? <laughs> that is the most likely outcome. Um, so Mace seems like an okay alternative. Like, you know, walking around in Detroit isn't always the safest place to be. Um, but again, I think I would probably just get sprayed with it. And if you spray it in an enclosed space, you're just macing yourself. Well, and from the, uh, uh, retired career criminals perspective, uh, robbing a store with bear spray or mace or whatever is a good choice because eventually you're going to get caught and not having had a gun in your hand. And it seems like uh, your sentencing will go a little better probably Mm -hmm. in most States. Yeah. How would you have fared if your note had said that you had bear mace? <laughs> I don't know. I, they're trained to give you the money, so they probably would have given it to me, but I probably would have got a lot 
you know, more eye rolls. Yeah. You know, like you you can't even, you can't even get a gun together, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, a couple of little tubes of pepper spray that I bought at Harbor Freight <laughs> for a few bucks each. And I think there's one in my glove box and I made Sam put one, I think, in her glove box just so that if she ever felt like she needed it. But she scoffed at me when I bought it. She thinks it's ridiculous. So, hmm. yeah. We'll go to Wednesday, 2696, a holler into the face. Genevieve joins the show to debate an ongoing disagreement between her, Andrew, and their barbecue grill. She also tells Luke her somewhat embarrassing bird story. Note the lack of car references. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we're moving away from car talk because there's like literally nothing else to talk about. Right. I side with Andrew on the barbecue thing. It sounds like they're out on a tar roof. You know, any barbecue mishap could potentially take out uh, their apartment, the architecture firm, the nail salon, and the winery behind them. And the electronics store across the street. (laughs) (laughs) And all the car stereo shops on the street as well. And I mean, I don't know anything about anything, but it seems like it's a pretty nice structure. I've never seen it. Yeah. The parts but, you see in the Hey Dummies videos. Yeah, it would be a cute. shame if that house burned down. It, that seems like the the solution that they came up with, like a huge sheet of metal. That sounds like a that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> they they sell mats specifically for this. You can yeah. Uh-huh. If I knew where Andrew lived, I could send him a mat that he could put down under the grill to stop. But alas, yeah, if, only, yeah. if only a you know, giant just a giant just, sheet of metal out on a roof. <laughs> your shoes would melt immediately. On a hot day. Yeah. yeah. The trick is to do the guards' taxes and then to have them bring a bucket of beers for you and your friends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Access. On the show. To 2697 Planes, Trains, and No Automobiles. It's the penultimate episode of the 2018 TBTL car Summer Cartacular with Luke, Andrew, and Genevieve. Andrew talks about the time he flew in a tiny plane and whether the pilot lied to him. Plus, what happens when Andrew goes to bed and Luke, Genevieve, and Camaro Kev get up to no good? What was the plane story about he couldn't bring his bag or something? His, his like, camcorder? Because it was too heavy? Because it was too annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked Will last weekend if he'd flown anything small in a long time. And he basically said no, and that the thought of flying one of those little planes scares the crap out of him compared to flying a 737. Wow. I took a puddle jumper one time. It, this was my first experience flying when I was 10 years old. I was So this was a kind of a cluster. I might have told this story before, but I was 10 years old, my first time on a plane all by myself. And I was flying from Detroit to Bangor, Maine. And Bangor, Maine is tiny and doesn't have any you know, major airports. So I had to fly into somewhere else in Maine, I forget, and then take a tiny little puddle, like a 10 person plane to Bangor. And it was full. Um, And the people in the the back row were a a grandma, a grandpa and a little baby. And they were feeding the baby um, those like, they weren't Cheez-Its. They were like Cheez-Its with peanut butter in them. Those little tiny, like, um, you know, sandwich cookies. And they were bright orange. And the one thing I remember is it being a terrifying flight. And then the baby just throwing up orange just everywhere. And it was, you know, it's just like spit up or whatever. But it was real bad. It was an unpleasant flight. Uh, Well, I'll get the the nose up with a a couple of throw your phones that were pretty good this week. 
Uh, first one was from Bet. Uh, Hug my phone. Genevieve saying, I'll take a holler into the face for you, baby. To Andrew, <laughs> made my heart smile. That was sweet. Yeah. That was that was sweet, but it was motivated by barbecue. Yeah, it was not, selfish. Not it wasn't it wasn't as loving, you know. Right. <clears throat> um and then from Justina, hugging my phone. Thank you, Genevieve, for nipping a patented Luke tangent on the phrase puddle jumper mm-hmm. in the bud by simply stating, I think it's metaphorical. <laughs> that was magical. Yes. <laughs> I knew when that one came in I was gonna be reading that one on the yeah. show. Yeah. I guess we'll do Friday, 2698. I heard the jury's still out on Scions. <laughs> I'm glad I loved hearing her thought on the Scions. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Is that, that classic, uh, that classic uh, Adam Carolla bit where he, like, the name of the car and how little it has to do with who actually drives it. And I, First time I saw a Scion, as I said, no Scion has ever driven or ever will drive a Scion. <laughs> Luke Andrew and Genevieve are back on the roof for the final installment of TBTL's 2018 Car Tacular. Luke talks about the time he helped a friend sell a questionable vehicle that had a fun surprise inside. And Genevieve and Andrew try to find some common ground when it comes to their old Scion. What was funny was Maggie, she took to Twitter like 10 minutes after this show, after she heard this show. And she's just so mad at the mummy. She just... (laughs) She's like tweeting and Facebooks and just, oh, the mummy. Made me so mad. Look, mummy's going to mum, I guess, yeah. whatever yeah. that is. That he just, you shouldn't expect any less. At that, That's you know. a fully expected behavior from him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just try and sell an RV to some grandparents that's full of pornography. Yeah, I liked, and, but not have to deal with it yourself and make in any do way. Ugh. I like Genevieve getting mad that you would leave your foil and then be unable to defend anyone's honor. <laughs> that was a good one. And this is a story we've me. we've heard before, but it's it's a great one. It yeah, it's a reminder of in hindsight how they should have been tipped off by the mummy a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, anything else for car talk? Please no. Well. I do have one story, but it's kind of a downer. Um, I guess I'll tell it. It was a it was spring break. Uh, my senior year in college was coming up, and myself and four friends, uh, two I've talked about on the show before, Mike Smith and John Hedegaard, and then uh, another couple other friends of Mike's, uh, John Mathis. Yeah, I know. It's a cool name. And... And Neil, and I can't remember Neil's last name, uh, he went to Eastern Oregon, John went to U of O, and uh, the rest of us, of course, went to UW, and we were in the same frat. And we bought a uh, UW van for 250 bucks. We all we each put in 50 bucks that we were going to just use for the trip and then sell it when we got back. So we bought this van, and we we I think we spent the night in Portland, uh, before taking off, we're going to go to um, Southern California, Palm Springs, L.A., all the cool spots. And so we take off from Portland in the morning and it's about nine and we're we're just pretty much drinking beer all day. And and uh, I've, there was one more guy we were going to have to pick up and uh, his name was John Hart and he went to Chico State. So we were going to have to find Chico, California sometime in the evening after we got down there. Um 
unfortunately, you know, we're all drinking beer, we're drinking beer, and nobody is, like, staying sober and being the driver, you know, being the safe driver. So we're taking turns driving, and we're somewhere out in the middle of Northern California, um, I think near a town called Corning, and we were closing in on on, uh, on Chico, but we were lost out there. We had a map, but the overhead light in the van didn't work. Um <clears throat> So I had a uh, pen light, and I was in the passenger seat, and uh, I had the map, and, and I was shining the light on the map, and Mike Smith was driving, and he uh, he leaned over to look at the map, and he veered a little bit off the road, and it was like a two-lane highway out there, and so he, um, he, he looked up when he felt that we were in like some soft earth or whatever, a little bit off the road, and he quickly corrected the steering wheel. And from from what we were told by the people who looked at the wreck, the 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 wheel that was underneath me on the passenger side just folded under the car, and we went flipping out into a field. And they said we flipped um, at least four, but maybe as many uh, times as six. And when and and it w- it seemed like about a half an hour, you know. Uh, there's a scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when they're getting in their car wreck where uh, Steve Martin looks over at John Candy and he's he's the devil. And it just the the scene takes way longer than the accident actually probably took. And so it seemed like we were tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and everybody's yelling. And then it comes to a stop and Mike says, is everyone all right? And and everyone checks in and says, yeah, yeah, we're we're all right. We're all right. Uh, except for me, I say no. Uh, the the van's on my leg. Um, I was positioned in such a way where, like, my back was to the steering wheel, and I was still in the passenger seat, but my my um, left leg was sticking out the window, and the and the and the window was on my leg. So uh, the guys climbed out um, of the other windows. And they uh, they lifted the van. It took two tries. The first try really, really hurt uh, because they weren't able to get it up high enough for me to pull my leg out. Uh, the second time they got it and I pulled my leg out and then they pulled me out of the van. And then we uh, we um, went over and they helped me sit down. My leg was kind of crushed. They helped they helped me get over there and we all sat down on a log and, and then um, some farmers, had, they'd heard the wreck and they, there were, there were like three or four farmers came out there and not me. I was the only one not participating in the cleanup, but all the beer cans were getting picked up. And as we were hearing the sirens, because the, the cops were uh, coming, the ambulance was coming and uh no one i mean everyone all the other guys were kind of scratched up the only guy who had nothing wrong with them was a guy john mathis who was sleeping in the in the way back because he was sleeping and so the rest of us were trying to like control things and brace ourselves so we had all kinds of bumps yeah, and bruises you, you want to go limp in one of these things which mm-hmm. is yeah and he had he, he wasn't even sore the next yeah. day yeah a, a bastard he passed out because he's such a fucking lightweight and he wasn't <laughs> so he wasn't even hurt um, so, uh, the way we actually ended up in Chico is cause that's, that's where the regional hospital was. And that's where I had surgery on my leg and had some, some pins and rods and all kinds of bullshit put in there. Um, 
And you'd think you'd think a bunch of uh, drunken idiots uh, would have learned their lesson and would just go home with their tail between their legs, but but no, we rented a car and we went on with the trip. And uh, <laughs> that was spring break my senior year. Well, and this sort uh, it of was... started the 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 whole rest of your your you know next chapter of your life, right? This isn't. It was got... part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The pain. It was part of that big string of injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I would I was, I that really you know. That accident allowed me to to really make an excuse for getting painkillers the rest of my life, you know, because I, I didn't have to, you know, say, I've got a soft tissue injury. It's like, look at my leg. It's a fucking mess. And, yeah. and the, the poor circulation from what happened in that accident was one of the reasons that that, uh, that that was my bad leg for a long time. It ended up being the second the second foot amputated, but it it was the troublesome one long before the other one the other one just sort of did the charco thing before mm-hmm. and just was bad but um yeah ended up being a good trip though for me because yeah, we had a story and i was the i was the prop so we we met a lot of girls it was a lot pretty of sympathy, great i bet yeah 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 and and uh everyone was getting glass out of their hair for probably the next four or five days after <sighs> idiots <laughs> that's all i have to say idiots Do you want to bring the nose back up on this with your um, housekeeper impression? <laughs> Housekeeping. Get that glass out your hair. Get going on your trip. Uh, I'll actually read it. If somebody else wants to take the get involved, you can buy stuff from us at littlebitbandwagon.com or 10710.com slash shop. You can archive for us by emailing us. We'll put you in touch with Christy. You can buy things on Amazon like you're going to anyway at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And uh, they give us a few pennies when you buy things, which is always nice. We're probably about due for another episode of looking at all the shit that people bought uh, on Amazon. So we'll we'll get to that soon. Uh, Earbuds and earworms. I can't remember what the latest episode is, but... Uh, if you haven't noticed yet, they made the ballot for uh, best podcast in uh, in uh, in their which which ballot is this? I'm looking for it now in the Memphis Flyer. So that's probably the yes. Memphis Alt Weekly or something. So go to Earbuds and Earworms podcast Facebook page, find the link, and then just go stuff the ballot box for E and E. Let's let's turn Memphis on its head and have a podcast that they probably don't know exists win because that would be a lot of fun. Uh, although Mitchell... this uh, this week is uh, catchy songs. Oh well, that's Just earworms. So oh right, it's really that's on brand. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I'm going to be appearing on that show uh, pretty soon. Um, the 100th episode. They've oh, asked me to to nice. come on and and really take a shit all over music, which because <laughs> you hate it so much. I hate it. Will you be able to perform uh, if you're nervous uh, in the presence of Mitchell Manley? I don't know, man. I, when you have a crush on someone, yeah, sometimes you you, you lose your cool. And this yeah. veteran podcast it will be really put to the test. Uh, it'll be fun to see the sparks come alive. Um, <laughs> who wants to get involved? I'll do it. If you want to get involved with the show, our site is littleredbandwagon.com. You can send us our throw or hug your phones at throwyourphone.com. Uh, visit us on Facebook. Our Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can send us an email anytime, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text to 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. 
And Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Sure. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Genevieve. Nailed it. Those were snaps. Did they even show up? Uh, well, we'll make it work. I heard it. Okay. I heard it. Two. I'm not a very good snapper.
Ta-da! 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 Ta-